Welcome back to The Valkyrie Cycle, a Monster Hearts 2 actual play podcast by Midnight Ceremonies Media. This is episode 6, Confessions. Hello everyone, my name is Percival Walter, I use he him pronouns, and I play Lucian Astor in The Valkyrie Cycle. Before we begin the episode, a few reminders. If you're tweeting or posting about the show online, please use the hashtag hashtag the Valkyrie cycle or hashtag TVC spoilers to tag your content and to help us see anything you'd like to share with us. You can follow our official account at Midnight C Media on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for updates and additional information about this show and more. Finally, a warning that this season deals with heavy themes, including recurring and intense depictions of generational trauma, internalized homophobia, violence, and inter-party conflict. For episode-specific content warnings, please check the episode description or visit our website at midnightceremoniesmedia.com. Thank you ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoy episode 6 of The Valkyrie Cycle, Confessions. Oh boy, we are back in it folks <gasps> i'm insane i'm insane so we're going to the like 6 p.m dusk in a playground in thorn ridge where stephanie and lucian are standing facing each other one is shackled and one is holding the chain for you to say that okay (laughs) what do you do okay i have a quick question Mm -hmm. these chains are they like visible when lucian was trying to lash out at her does it look like something like does she see what's stopping him or is it just that so the way it works is that when when Lucian is being normal, when Lucian is not trying to hurt anyone, he looks normal. There's no chains on him. It's when it is when he when he like tried to hurt you that you could see it. Like phys- like they are physically manifested. Yes. I mean they look a little spectral and a little see-through, but they are visible. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Love that. Well, Stephanie has cupped his face with her hand and said, you're mine now. I think that's where we left it. All right. I'll describe things later, but first, can I just simply roll to run away? (laughs) I just would like, I would like to leave. (laughs) Yes. Please go ahead and roll to run away. <laughs> so scared. Roll those dice, baby. Um, <laughs> that's a nine, so it is a success. Thank fucking God. It is a mixed success. Because on a seven to nine, you get away, but choose one. You run into something worse, you, ch- you cause a big scene, or you leave something behind. 
Okay. Um, so, Catherine, if if I choose to run into something worse, and but I'm I know that I'm running into the something worse, and I'm choosing to run towards it. Does that still count? Can I? Oh, absolutely. I, I'll I'll let it count. Yeah. Oh, thank you for this one break. Okay. Um, <laughs> never let it be said i am not a generous and loving master of ceremonies okay for sure um uh uh okay yeah then i choose that option um knowing what i'm running towards but uh for some quick narration um after uh stephanie does that as uh, sort of like I said before, it's it's like an it's an old emotion that's that's that you're seeing on his face, and you can tell that. Um, but specifically, when you say the words "you're mine now," um, something galvanizes almost, and he just doesn't say anything to you, and just runs away very quickly sprints as as fast as he can he's not god. oh god oh god am i how far away is luna hanlon's house Catherine? it's not that far okay uh, but it is on like the edges of town because they have um a backyard that goes into the woods but you aren't in town i will say Say that like the playground is, is in town you're like heading for the edge of town from inside cool 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 cool. so if i went wolf mode i'd probably get there faster and you're like i mean yeah but also you'd be running through the streets of town as a wolf true, i don't know true. just think about that <laughs> probably not my chanel boots shall carry me where i need to go <laughs> yeah he's just gonna book it um using that that track team form um, but he does not waste time on saying anything to Stephanie Chaplin that would mean that he stays there any longer. He um, knows that there's no way out and um, he's seeking retribution. And so he runs away and he's running towards the Hanlon home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie, what do you do after Lucian? runs away. Stephanie pauses for a moment, watches him run away, and turns on her heel and goes and gets in her car and heads home for family dinner. She considers this a win. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, queen. Absolutely. Um, you head home your parents take you out to dinner. I mean, your dad is like being your dad, but uh, you know, it's not very, it's not very talkative. Um, clearly just like there because his wife told him that that's what they're doing tonight. But it's, it's like, I mean, I feel like it's, he's, it's civil. And you go out to like, I don't know, your favorite restaurant and to your brother tags along as well. And it's, honestly a good dinner like your mom is like make clearly like making a real effort to like make things like okay or somewhat okay for you and so it's 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 nice i think after going out 
when they get back home, Stephanie's like, can we change into our PJs and watch a movie together? Your dad says, um, I have a project that I need to work on. So I'll be in my office, heads upstairs. Um, but your mom, your mom just goes, of course, honey. Yes, uh, sweetie, of course. Um, and it's like, Chris, why don't you change and join us? And he's just like, ugh, fine. And I think it's like, it's like one of the Sex in the City movies. It's something like dumb and like <laughs> chick flick and is is just i don't know she's being stephanie chaplin girl who just got broken up with who who dumped her boyfriend yeah but, but like, he for good cheated reason. on her <laughs> yeah. so it's yeah so you have a all in all like a fairly okay night considering but um we do flashback over to Lucian running through the streets of Thornridge. Um, probably never been to Luna's house before, but um, you do, you can, I mean, you're a werewolf. And just because Stephanie made you not able to hurt anyone, that doesn't change the fact that you still have like crazy senses. So you can like follow the scent like Cassie did the night before and find the Hamlin house with its tiny like little two-story house in a like on the edge of a very nice like residential neighborhood the sign out front and the pride flag hanging like next to the door and it looks like the lights the lights are on but the curtains are drawn um there's an extra car in the driveway this is like clearly Al Hamlin's car it's like you know they they park in the school parking lot they're a teacher so right he's gonna walk up to the door fucking bang on it i don't care if there's a doorbell you hear someone from inside say um coming and they like there's like a, a beat and then the door swings open there's an older Black woman with very short hair, very butch, has like a flannel on over a plain like gray t-shirt and like baggy jeans. Uh, and she goes, hi, uh, can I help you? Is Luna here? Uh, yeah, yeah, she is. Um, do you need to talk to her? Uh, yeah, it's about a school thing. Okay, uh, one second. And she like kind of like halfway closes the door and turns around and yells, Luna, your friend is here. And you hear like Luna from somewhere in the house go, who? And Tess opens the door back up and goes, um, what's your name, sweetie? Uh, Aster, Lucian Aster. She like does it again and goes, Lucian. And you hear the house like go quiet. And five seconds later, Luna's at the door. And she, like, you hear that, like, the door's, like, still partially shut. And so she says to her mom, we're going to go, we're going to go on a walk, mom. We'll be right, like, right back. And Tess is like, okay, um, as long as you come back and do the dishes. And then Tess 
walks back. It, before Tess walks away, I think you'd mm-hmm. want to say thank you kindly. Tess says, uh, oh, it's no problem. Just, you know, don't stay out too late or whatever it is y'all are doing. And she heads into the house and you hear that the sort of like, you can hear and like peek between like the door that off in the kitchen, like you see that Al is at the table and with Riley and Tess is like heading back to the kitchen with them. They've like clearly just finished up dinner, but then Luna opens the door, steps through, closes it behind her. In like a t-shirt and jeans, but it does not look affected by the cold and stares at you from the top of the stoop. Did she say anything? She's waiting. You want to go on a walk? What the fuck is this, Aster? Uh, I think you're actually going to be very happy about the news. Oh, what? Did my mom come back from the grave? No. Then what the fuck could you say to me that would make me happy? Get off the stoop, Hamlin. Why? You gonna make me? No. Just do it. She steps very carefully down the stairs. As soon as her her last foot hits the ground, Lucian is gonna lunge forward at her as if to strike her um but the chains are gonna pull him back he's going for just like last time right where he hit her before and it's you watch he's very precise when he fights um not it as much as there's rage and a release it's always exactly what he wants it to be and so when he tries to hit Luna Hanlon, he's, you get the sense that if the chain hadn't been there, his knuckles would have hit the same spot on her cheekbones. You also notice like in this moment that like where you hit her last night, it was like bruising pretty rapidly. Like, um, but it seems like it's faded a lot over like the last 24 hours. Um, But she just stands there and she doesn't flinch and then her eyes do widen as your fist hovers there over her face and you get yanked back into the snow by these heavy spectral chains on your wrists i think it sends him on his back and he just like tenses his arm against it and just feels it he's just collapsed sort of in the same way that he was with Chaplin where he's on the ground and she's standing up Luna walks closer to you and you see like her brow is furrowed and she's sort of like confused and she goes the fuck happened to you the fuck is this he gets up and he tries to hit her again it doesn't work. He slammed back into the ground. 
as you fall back into the ground the second time, she like walks forward and like grabs you by like the front of your shirt and lifts you up. And she says, the fuck are you doing? The fuck, what the fuck is this? Who did this to you? Why aren't you hitting me back? I came to get you. That's what you wanted, wasn't it? He tries to break from her and he tries to hit her again and it doesn't work. You like try and pull away and she just, she has a fucking grip on you and she doesn't let you go. And she holds you there and she says, I don't know who the fuck you and Cassie think I am. Okay, but I don't hit people when they're fucking down. I wanted a fair fight. I wanted to kill you with my own fucking claws and teeth. And I'm not going to tear you to pieces when you are collapsed on the ground, Aster. I'm not a fucking monster, okay? Now, who the fuck did this to you? Well, the thing is, is I am. So, why can't you? You did it before. Just let yourself feel the rage. Please. Luna takes a deep breath, but keeps her hand clenched in your shirt and just says, I am not going to be some backup plan that you and your friends use to just come to me when you want to feel hurt. I'm not going to kill you so that you can be free, Lucian. I'm not going to be that for you. And don't stop making me be your firing squad, okay? I'm not going to do that. Stephanie Chaplin. What? Who's Stephanie Chaplin? The fucking cheerleader? She, uh... That girl really wants a date to prom. <laughs> oh my fucking god. I, uh, didn't know what I was walking into. And next thing I know, uh, yeah. She thinks she has things on me. Oh, she? Besides the obvious. Yes. But I don't think it's as much of a secret as I want it to be, so. And I was planning on letting that one go anyway, so. Pretty sure everyone at Thornridge knows that I'm a... Uh... What, rich? 
he's so close to saying it. You know, I... God, just say it as... You know, just look at me, Hamlin. Luna, let's go of your shirt. It's not hard to guess. I'm not gonna fucking make you say it, dude. So what's the what's the deal? Can you hurt anyone? Or is it just me that's safe? Pretty sure it's anyone. Which is um the problem. Cause uh I had a plan. That surprisingly involved violence and surprisingly didn't involve you. Wow. Color me shocked. Yeah. I was... so close. I was so close. And now I don't... That's just it for me. Which is why I came here. I didn't come here for a firing squad. I came here because you... That's it. For me. And you know what that means. It's just it. I'm fucking nothing. I don't have anything anymore. I don't have anything. When I didn't have anyone, I had my teeth. I had my claws. I had my hands. And he looks at them. I can't keep living like this. I can't. I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. Now I'm here. I... I need to hit something, or I need someone to hit me. And now I don't have either of those things. So please, would you give me something, Hamlin? I don't care what you think I deserve. Just give me something. She takes a step back. And for a second, maybe her eyes look a little glassy and she blinks it away. And she fucking punches you in the face. Take a harm as you sprawl into the snow and then there's a hand reaching out to help you back up he grabs it and as he stands back up I think he collapses into her and just starts shaking a little bit 
God fucking damn it, Lucian. She starts helping you inside the house. And she, she like pulls open the door and says, uh, Mama, can you get some tea on? And you hear Tesco, yeah, sure, baby. And they start like the house like starts go like move into motion and she like pulls you into like a bathroom. Um sits you down on like the toilet seat and like starts pulling like a first aid kit out of the like mirror cabinet because you're <laughs> yeah how bad you get me <laughs> <laughs> she did she did like get you like right across like like honestly kind of similarly to like where you punched her the night before but also like you do just sort of in general look fucked and as she like gets out this first aid kit and like some like alcohol wipes and like gauze and shit she doesn't move for your face because there's like no blood there she grabs like your hands and you see on your wrists that there are these wounds from where the shackles have bit into them and they're not that deep but they're there and luna hamlin doesn't say anything she just bandages you up puts the stuff back in the cabinet and she says um i'll be right back if you need like a moment alone or whatever i think you just laugh at that she like steps out of the bathroom and like heads downstairs and you can hear her like sort of muffled start to talk to her family as at when when she's out i do think lucian would pull out his phone and uh text the chosen squad <laughs> real quick just to say okay period send some news send stephanie chaplin has to die send <laughs> and also send Things are a bit sticky. <laughs> send. Um, and then he's going to send a long, longer paragraph that's like, can't talk about it right now. Suffice it to say I'm safe, but shit is bad. Very, 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 very bad. Send. And then he puts his, probably like turns his phone off pretty much walks out of the bathroom <laughs> you walk out of the bathroom and you bump into Riley who was like heading through the hallway and they go oh um sorry sorry uh excuse me Lucian just like steps back and is for like once in his life very awkward <laughs> and it's like um yeah, uh, sorry. Keep going where you're going. Yeah, it's fine. It, they head, like, just head through and, like, up the stairs. And as you, like, head for, like, the kitchen where you can, like, hear voices coming from, you notice that this hallway's got a bunch bunch of picture frames hanging on the wall of a bunch of family photos, um, a wedding photo of Lily and Ted, 
this, like fairly fairly recent, because um, it's 2017. Uh, so like mm, handful of years ago, um, Luna's there, like young teenager, like 12, 13, um, big smile on her face. Um, Al is also in that picture, Riley is not. There's like more pictures of like a really young Al Hanlon, like 15 holding like a tiny little baby. Pictures of Lily and Tess on their honeymoon. Pictures of Lily and Tess in college when they met. Pictures of Luna on a playground. You see that like Lily is uh, in the background like holding her hand on the swing. And there's more recent pictures of them with like a cake and Riley is in front of it and the cake says, welcome home. Um, and it's like a very lovely, like little snapshot into their lives. And then you come into the kitchen and um, Alice sitting at the table. This is the shop teacher at your school. She's got like very short hair um, and isn't like, you know, similarly to like their mom flannel t-shirt jeans also very butch and she's got like a big mug of like tea in front of her tess is like moving like a kettle from the stove and like pouring hot water into like a couple more mugs and uh, as you step in tess looks over at you and goes um do you have a tea you like uh earl gray will be will be lovely thank you she like pulls a, a like a box out of like this big cabinet um, and puts some bags in like the mugs and hands one to you, pushes the other one to Luna. Um, and Tess looks at like the three of you and says, um, okay, so Lucian, I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, Luna has told me that, you know, this is not a school thing. It's a werewolf thing. Um, so uh, if you want to explain and talk talk to us about it, that's fine. Um, but you don't have to. Um, if you just need a cup of tea before you go, that's, that's totally fine. But, I mean, if there's something going on that maybe we could help you with, we can't help you if you don't tell us about it. Lucian takes a long drink of tea and says, this is quite good. Thank you. Um, I'll talk, but only because I don't want this happening to anyone else. I know you all, or at least some of you, are werewolves. I am as well. Um, he like pulls down his shirt to like show the bite on his clavicle. Uh, it's a kind of a recent thing. Um, but that's not, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. That's not why I'm here. Um, how much do y'all know about 
other kinds of things. Al like sort of says, um, well, there's the uh, zombie ice people in the woods um, and, and also Penny. She's like a witch, local witch. She's a witch? Yeah, I mean, she's also like, like new age, spiritual tarot kind of crystals kind of person, but yeah, she can do actual magic. Helped us out in a pinch a couple of times. She helped? Yeah. Okay. Um, so speaking of witches, there's um one who uh, goes to our school, actually. Just recently found out about it. And he pauses and stares at their fridge for a little bit. It's, uh, it has like a couple more photos, but also like newspaper, mostly like newspaper clippings and homework. And like, there's a big, one on the top like top freezer with like little magnets that is um thorn ridge volleyball takes state by storm and uh a big picture of the volleyball team and that's pinned up to the to the fridge well she goes to our school and um i recently ran into her and uh i was so unlucky as to have uh, a spell put on me so that I cannot uh, hurt anyone else. Um, but it's, and I think he'd like show his wrists and that they're like bandaged and be like, um, it's not particularly nice. Um, sort of like chains and I don't know if you know if there's any way to get that to not be a thing anymore I'm guessing no Tess says um, I um, I'm the normal one, uh, but I can call Penny and see if she knows anything. Um, see if maybe she can come over. Also, Luna, get this boy a bag of peas. And she like goes and grabs like a bag of frozen peas to like, and she slams it in front of you for your face where there's like a giant like bruise forming. Because I came to the um, door without a bruise. I was... <laughs> Yeah. Luna steps outside for two seconds. I walk back in with a massive bruise on my face. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tess is like not asking any questions at the moment, but like there's a moment where like Tess and Luna, like a look passes between them and <laughs> Luna's in trouble. <laughs> um, I think I think if, if uh, Lucian saw that, he'd be like, uh, ma'am, this was not, this is, 
my own doing. This was not, this was. Shut the fuck it, up, Aster. I punched you in the face. Yeah, I, I did, but it was. Sh- be quiet. Don't speak. He shuts up. <laughs> and Luna just like looks at her mom and is like, I punched him. I punched him. That was on me. Uh, and Tess is like, we're going to talk about that later. I think Lucian just smiles at that <laughs> and just drinks his tea. <laughs> and Tess says, um, I'm going to go grab my phone, call Penny, and um, I, yeah, you, y'all just sit here and chat. Put on, put on the radio or something. And she like leaves the room to like go make a phone call. I think Lucian would ask Al politely and just be like, would it be, uh, would it be all right if, um, you know, Luna and I just share a cup of tea? Oh, oh yeah. You know what? That's great. That's yeah, for sure. And she just like gets up and leaves. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just the two of you in the kitchen. He waits a second and then drinks more tea and then please don't punch me again, but um, I have a question and um, I promise I'm not asking it because any fucked up reason or anything, but what was your mom like? You see that Luna's hand tightens around her mug and she says, you and Cassie. It's not about that. It's not. And he looks at her and he's being honest. This is me being selfish. I just want to know. She looks at you and holds your gaze and then looks away and says, um, uh, she was a teacher. She wasn't my teacher. Uh, she thought it would be unfair if I was in her fourth grade class because, um, I already knew the assignments from watching her do them for four years. But every Tuesday night, um, she'd make these fucking god-awful molasses cookies to bring into everybody for Wednesday morning classes. And I fucking hated them. And, And... that first Tuesday, I tried to follow her recipe and almost burned the house down. I just, no one, no one could, she, 
she was so good and kind and I loved her. I love her. Even though I'm disappointing her every day. Lucian just breathes, breathes that in, I think. I don't have a mother. Never have. I am. Um, I used to make one up. Um, I used to think about what she did, where she worked. I I used to think she lived in the mountains. Sometimes. Thought that'd be nice. Thought maybe I'd have siblings or something. Maybe, maybe out there is a is a home, home like this one that's just waiting for me to come home. If I wait long enough, then she'll get me. I'll go away. But I just don't. It's not in the cards for me. My, uh, He, uh, he paid someone and now I'm here and she's not anywhere. My mother's a blank check. So, sorry I asked you, but it's just curious. Luna, like, sort of like moves her hands towards you and clenches her fist and pulls it back. And God, that's fucked up. I'm sorry. It's old news. See, I wasn't really looking for much of a firing squad as someone who gets it. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, I'm sure you'll get those cookies right someday. Maybe not burn the house down next time. Real pernicious oven. 
Luna's mom, Tess, like pokes her head back in and says, um, uh, I called Penny, um, went straight to voicemail. So I called Penny's grandson who said that she's with some other witches in the woods right now. Um, so I don't know what's going on there, but um, sounds like Penny's got a lot on her plate at the moment. Um, but uh, should be, uh, I mean, I mean, the Illumination Emporium's closed Sundays, but um, I mean, Monday morning should be open. I, there's not much I can do in terms of breaking the magic at the moment. Um, and Luna says, uh, yeah, neither, neither can the rest of us. Teeth and claws don't do much against spells. But I can fuck up Stephanie Chaplin. And Luna's mom goes, no, no. Um, we are not fucking up anyone under the age of 18. Lucian just looks at Luna. <laughs> Uh, Luna's like, yeah, sure, mom. Yep. I won't enact violence upon Stephanie Chaplin, I promise. Um, ma'am, respectfully, I cannot make that promise. Though, to be fair, um, I am unable to harm anyone at the moment, so I suppose it doesn't much matter. <laughs> Tess just nods and says, well, you know, that's okay. Um, Except the things we cannot change, right? If anything happens, I didn't know about it. And I don't know about it. I don't know anything, actually. So, you know, there we go. Uh, did you, have you had dinner yet? Lucian tries to remember. Um, maybe, maybe. I don't think, no. I don't think so. No. Okay. I'm gonna get some leftovers out. Um, and she starts getting some stuff out of the fridge. And uh, Luna sort of pulls you aside as like her mom is, is, is uh, you know, like getting you a meal. And she says, um, listen, this is really weird. Um, because we had like a vulnerable moment or whatever and that's kind of fucking me up don't worry it's fucking me up too okay okay good great we're on the same, we're on the same page we're on the okay. same page cool since you're sort of indisposed at the moment um i'll uh put a pin in killing you and your friends um sort of as a little favor to you much obliged yeah so you know Maybe next time, like, I mean, at least you knocked. Like, maybe next time, like, I don't know. Let me know you want when you or Cassie or whoever wants to come to my house. Wait, Cassie came here? Yeah, like last night. What the fuck happened? Um, honestly, kind of the same shit that ha just happened with you, where they wanted me to, like, beat the shit out of them. Uh, except they chose not to fight back, which is even more fucked up. 
listen, I am not a good person. I'm not nice, but I'm also not an idiot and I'm not a murderer and I don't fight people who don't fight back. So if you wanna get the shit kicked out of you or if Cassie does or Starfire or whoever, you have to throw the first fucking punch, okay? Just find this a little hard to believe based on the fact that Cassie didn't throw the first punch the first time. It's what I can't get over, Hanlon, because it's not making sense to me right now. Because everything about you that I know does not match up with that story. Too bad. Okay. There's a a quiet clearing of the throat and the two of you like turn and you see Riley standing there having eavesdropped and they look scared and Luna says Riley can you please leave me alone for like a second and they don't look at Luna, they just look at you, Lucian, and they say, um, Luna's lying for me. She didn't bite Cassie. I did. Lucian takes a step forward. Luna immediately, like, gets a hand between the two of you. He just sort of, like, kneels down a little bit more looks at Riley and it just very plainly, no judgment, just asks, why? They look down. Uh, I, I didn't want to be a werewolf. My, my parents died when I was 10 and we didn't have family here. So I, I went into the foster system and um, I had a family who wanted to adopt me and uh, my foster dad took me hunting um, and there was a, a wolf that attacked us and I scared them. And they didn't want me anymore. But Lily and Tess took me in because they're nice and and they knew how to deal with me. And I I figured I could just stop being this. And then I wouldn't have to move again. The more I try to keep it down and the more I try and push it away, the worse it gets when it comes out. And Riley's like shaking, hands clenched. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. Lucian remembers, remembers seeing 
all the wounds on Cassie. Remembers the first time Cassie told him. Remembers asking Cassie for that. Remembers becoming a werewolf. Remembers it being exactly as Riley described. Then he just takes a breath and then just says like to Riley, thank you for being honest with me because that's a friend of mine. But I know what that's like. It doesn't do any good to keep the wolf away. It really doesn't. You know, Luna saw the second time that I turned into a werewolf. I kept it down and it wasn't good. So don't cage yourself. It won't serve you. And it certainly won't. So it won't serve the people around you. And it'll do things like hurt people. You're a good kid, Riley. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. They're crying. Um, and they just sort of like nod and and like run upstairs. When Lucian stands back up, he just looks at Luna like, you motherfucker. <laughs> she does reach out and like take your hand for like a moment and squeezes it and just says, thank you. Thank you. They're a kid. Luna. Didn't know it was a kid. And then he walks probably back into the kitchen and then just like sits down and waits. For, yeah, sits down and has dinner is what he does. And is very polite throughout the whole meal. And that's <laughs> that's him. Starfire. Okay. Is it okay if I go from immediately after Starfire drops off Cassie? Oh, absolutely, of course. So I'm fairly sure that right before she dropped Cassie off was the nice little uh, conversation about Fenris and etc. And I think Starfire drives away from Cassie's house very quickly. And as soon as she sees an empty alleyway, pulls the car in there, puts it in park, doesn't even have time to turn it off before she is just sobbing, like head against the steering wheel, tearing her fingers through her hair off in the side of the alleyway with the car idling and gives herself like 30 seconds of that before she like breathes in, clenches her teeth and starts driving home. She gets home and she parks the car, slams the door goes into the house and heads for the basement and is hoping very much that she doesn't see any of her family members on the way. Yeah, your since going out, um, your sister has abdicated the basement and is not around that you can tell. Um, and your parents aren't either. So the house is empty. Awesome. Starfire gets down there, takes off her jacket, so she's just in like a tank top, tight pants. Fixes her hair so it's back in a ponytail and redoes it so it's exactly the right way. 
closes her eyes and gets herself to remember the day that Lucian got bit and she focuses and she imagines the snow and the cold and exactly how it felt on her skin. And she opens her eyes and she starts scaling the basement down to the correct size where exactly everything was, where each individual tree went, exactly where Lucian was, where Cassie was behind her. It is perfect. Every angle is exactly the way it was. Her feet are exactly where they were. And by herself, like someone doing a partner dance alone, she runs through the entire fight exactly where she was, exactly where she stepped, every single move she made. She does it once and then she does it again faster and then she tries it again slower and she imagines different ways it could have gone, but every single time she does it exactly the way it went and she remembers the way it felt and what she heard and what it sounded like and exactly how Lucian screamed. And she does it over and over and over again. And then she imagines today with the river and the zombies and exactly where she was and exactly where Cassie went, just to where Cassie's fingers touched the chain. And she runs that over and over and over again. And she does this for hours, both of the fights, exactly the way they happened. Perfect, like crystal clear in her memory. And only when she has no energy left for it, that she is like basically on the ground, breathing as hard as anyone ever could, like a runner after the world's longest marathon, does she stop basically in tears again, but fierce and furious. Do you pause to like check your phone? I think she'll stay there for a second. It takes minutes for her to even probably regain the strength to stand back up. But eventually she will like stumble to her feet, push her hair out of her face. I think most of it's probably down in front of her eyes now. And go grab her phone and open up a text to Lucian. But if she sees the group messages first, she'll look at those. Yeah, you see a string of texts from Lucian, but the most striking one, of course, being that Stephanie Chaplin needs to die. Starfire text back, okay. And then we'll walk out the front door of her house, no jacket, into the cold by herself and we'll head for Morgan Miller's house. You head for Morgan's house. It's a little out of the way in in the woods a little bit, but you get there. It is cold, though you may not be feeling it. Um, And you trudge through the snow as dusk settles into night. And there it is, the cabin where you used to spend so much time there's a light on and the car parked out front she walks up to the door and knocks there's like a minute and then um the door swings open and you see 
your aunt Morgan in like an old like ugly looking sweater and short dark hair she looks very surprised to see you and says Starfire please let me in okay she steps back so that you can step inside Starfire looks a bit surprised but she will yeah step in can I stay here tonight your mom your mom would not be happy if I said yes it's not like that she's that happy anyways she just looks at you and then nods and says okay how do you fight a witch she narrows her eyes a little bit which which girl at school okay i mean if you want to kill her kill her witches are humans though i guess if you want to be fancy about it silver bullet silver bullet it's not werewolves silver kills anything you could kill a snake. Because it uh, turns out those are real too. Not sure if you knew that one. I'll take out my phone and I'll show her the Ouroboros photo. Her eyes widen and she like takes your phone and like to like look at it closer and like zoom in on the photo. Where did you get this? Saw it at a, someone's house whose house you know the Striscantes fucking mob family yeah yeah Sylvia tried some snake fucking bullshit one of the girls at school so we uh, did some investigative work she has a whole freaky ass altar room that's in the center. Fuck. That. That is not good. Nope. That is not good. Fuck. Have you had. Do you have any ideas about when it's happening? Because it's got to be soon. It has to be soon. It's coming. Yeah, I don't have much longer, I don't think. She hands your phone back and puts a hand on your shoulder and says, we don't have much longer, but you can do this. I wouldn't come here for pep talk, Morgan. I just, you are capable, Starfire. You can end this. Look, and if you I, can't, the cycle just continues and you get to have a normal life. I burned one of my friends today. The chain. The other one got bit on my watch. He's a werewolf now. 
there is no way out of this in which I don't hurt the people around me as much as I really want to pretend there is. That's our curse. Can you change it? Your magic, right? What if I wanted it to be Carolyn? Could you fix it? Because it wasn't supposed to be me anyways. She asked me to do the same thing. And the answer is no, I can't. I can't change fate. I can't change destiny. It sucks, Starfire, but the prophecy is yours. Doesn't feel like there's much mine about it. Feels more like I belong to it. But yeah, cool, awesome. I'm sorry, I wish, I wish that there was another way, but the world is ending. You sound like mom. She flinches at that. Sorry. This is our family. Yep. But you have a chance to end this. For good. I'm trying. I know. I, I don't know why I came here. This is stupid. I, I can. I can go. I, I. I think maybe I should. I should. I should leave. Actually, uh, Starfire, please. I have the guest room. You can stay if you need. I'm. I shouldn't. Well, the reason your mom didn't even want you here is because you need to focus, get your head in the game. And I was not helping. And I wish that there was anything I could do, but I can't. No, you have, you have magic, right? Can't you, don't you have spells any any anything anything useful like could, could could you i can't change this forget it i just if i if i could change it do you think i wouldn't have tried didn't you try anyway this prophecy is the only thing our family is you're not wrong about that I'll turn on my phone and look at the Ouroboros again is this enough to show me something Morgan says um, I can try Starfire will reach out her hand Morgan takes it and begins to cast a spell. And for her, the magic doesn't really affect her appearance or anything, but she starts sort of chanting under her breath a little bit in a language long forgotten. And 
she pulls you into the past with her. It's not like Penny's visions where like she literally like pulls someone into a memory. Um, in this moment, it's more like, it's more like you sort of like step in, into like 2D animation where it's like a storybook. Everything is like sort of illustrated and you can't, you're not standing with your aunt you can't even see her. You can't even really like see yourself. It's more that like you are watching um, a story play out in front of you and you hear your aunt's voice like explaining what's happening. You, you hear your aunt go, um, you know the, the myth about Jormungandr, right? Thor goes fishing for Jormungandr, draws him out of the sea and you see uh, before you see like Thor, like this huge like mythic figure with long like blonde hair uh fucking fishing pole and casting it out in like this illustrated sea and pulls up a massive serpent and as thor pulls jormungandr onto the shore he like takes the hook out of its mouth and Jormungandr sprays Thor in the face with poison and Thor and the serpent start grappling and Thor tries to kill it and, and then the line snaps and Jormungandr goes back into the sea and eats its tail once again and you hear your aunt say that's the story we know that's the story we've been told but Loki had descendants, Fenrir had descendants, Jormungandr had descendants, and you hear, like, Thor, like, saying something in that same language that your aunt knows, and your aunt translates it for you and says, Thor cursed them, cursed them to walk among us and they are trapped and they want to be free and they want to free Jormungandr Have you always known me? She like pulls you out of the vision Wait, 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 wait And Starfire's trying as hard as she fucking can to stay there like wants to see more of it and says Fenris 2 then Right, because what about werewolves? I want to gaze into the abyss. Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's a uh, four. Okay, well, mark your experience. You hold on to this, like, storybook world that your aunt has pulled you into and you try to keep the two of you there to find more answers but it fades away and the storybook closes and you are back in Morgan's cabin and she looks at you and she says um I knew that there were snake people didn't know about the connection but she like holds your phone, which is like the photo looks like different. Like there's like a filter 
on it now. It's like black and white. Like the color's been sucked out of it. Um, oh. Sorry, magic. Um, oh, but glad it glad it worked. This would explain some things. Yeah. So their curse is to be human. Yeah. Not a bad curse, to be honest, but. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Starfire, if Jormungandr's descendants are here at the same time that this is happening again, there is a very real chance that they could be helping the Blackwells this time around. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Just seems like um, everyone I know is secretly my enemy, which is an interesting little conundrum. You haven't heard anything about the Blackwells? No. They cover their tracks well. Always have. Okay. Okay. Let, let, let me know if you find out anything about werewolves. I'll look into it. Penny knows about Veneris. She has a plan to try and strengthen the veil between the worlds, which might help with the Draugr problem, honestly. Okay, maybe I should go talk to her then. Do you know who it was? I don't know. She didn't tell me. Okay. Does she know about us then, too? Not that I could tell. Thanks, Morgan. I can set up your bed. There's some food in the fridge. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Mm, I'll go help. Cool. So, Caesar, you went to Penny's. You saw the vision of your father and then you went home do you did you do anything at home you know that like you still have plans to see lucian like at 4 a.m later so what do you do do you do anything in the meantime yeah he didn't go to tennis practice on friday so he's gonna practice tennis on his own for a while after that, he's going to wash up. And while he's in the bathroom, he just kind of like takes a moment to take himself in in the mirror and sort of grips the sink and thinks about a lot of things. He's had a rough like day, past 24 hours. He thinks about his parents 
And he thinks about the things he talked about with Eden. And he's going to grab a makeup bag and put concealer on under his eyes. And he's going to find his grandmother. She's like probably in her little um she also has like a study and it's more just like a sort of little library with like an armchair because it's just like a small room with like a bunch of bookshelves and an armchair with a lamp um that she likes to sit in to read yeah he will go find her there he will steal himself before going to talk to her does she say anything when he comes in she looks up and puts her book down um, or like puts a bookmark in it and keeps it on her lap. Yes, Miho? Hi. Um, I think there's a lot of things that I need to ask you. Do you know anything about I guess, dimensions, other that are parallel, that things can come through? No, I don't watch these TV shows or anything. Okay. I saw something last night. I saw a few things. I know we don't like the Strisiantes. Is there any other supernatural things you think I should be aware of? Guadalupe folds her hands in her lap and thinks for a moment and says, well, there is a witch in town Yeah. I met her today, actually. Oh. And what did she tell you? She told me that she's going to do something about what I saw. About the zombie in the woods I saw. Were you hurt by it? No, I'm fine. Good. It doesn't concern us. Yeah, that's what she said. I think what does concern you and me is the other thing she showed me about you and my dad, the day he left. Guadalupe is stone-faced. And she waits and then says, I don't know what you're looking for, Caesar, but 
Your father is gone and we are better for it. I know. I'm not, this isn't about him. I'm not looking for anything about him. He was weak and he was wrong and I can't change that I am either of my parents' sons. And I think the past day has shown me that I could be doing more. I could try harder for you and this family. I think I, I, I just need direction. She stands up, puts her book on like the side table and sort of like straightens and like smooths her her collar and leaves her hands on your shoulder. And she says, well, if you want to be of more use, Miho, the Strisiantes are a problem. And, well, what I would like is I would like them destroyed and run out of town. You're going into politics, aren't you? Yeah, of course I am. Well, it seems you have your first opponent. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, he'll leave. Let's really quickly, we'll cut over to Cassie um, because you also got the text from Lucian about uh, Stephanie Chaplin needs to die. Around the time Cassie got that text, I think is probably when they finished a conversation with Eden. I think Cassie sees it. He reads it. He pauses and he doesn't reply for a few minutes. Um, but he he like he pulls away from Eden and he excuses himself to the restroom. And he goes and he links against the countertop and just stares down at his phone. And he remembers the nights that he used to spend with Stephanie, the middle school sleepovers, and the quiet moments, and all of the good things. He remembers all the good things about Stephanie Chaplin. And he rereads the text and he thinks about Lucian and Starfire and Eden and everything he has now that he didn't have before. And he just replies, okay. He sends a text. He avoids looking at the mirror and he goes back to Eden. 
as Cassie returns back, Eden just had like had like a chance to think after the whole conversation with Cassie when they left and thinks about just thinks thinks back to last night at the party to Starfire again and as Cassie returns Eden is just like actually do you mind if you like gave me Starfire's phone number, like so I can maybe set up a meeting? Set up a meeting? Yeah. Okay. I I don't know. Like. No, no, no. It's fine. I don't I know it. them. I got it. I'll set it up. Like or, they're they're just she's just one person in my chemistry class. Like. She's look. She seems scary. She's not that scary. I'll text you the phone number. <sighs> Okay. Just let her know it's you and that it was me that gave you the number, okay? Okay. Makes sense. And um, if there's a chance, uh, Eden will text Starfire. And uh, first text um, is, hey, this is Eden. Send. I asked Cassie for your number and, well, (laughs) now I'm here. Send. Do you mind if we talk sometime tomorrow? Uh, It takes Starfire a couple minutes to write back, but she writes back eventually. Hey, send. Um, and then thinks for a second because Starfire is not exactly sure what this is, but figures it's something probably along the lines of Eden wants to help. And every time someone gets involved, they get hurt. So Starfire isn't sure what to do with this, but you know, the Stephanie thing seems like a more pressing issue so getting Eden involved with that wouldn't necessarily implicate Eden's involvement with the prophecy and you know if Cassie gave Eden the number Cassie's probably wanting some like this connection to work so Starfire will take a deep breath in and write tomorrow 7 a.m at the diner and then a You'll see the typing thing appear and disappear, appear and disappear. But eventually it will come up with, can Lucian and Cassie come too? Eden is going to think for a moment because among other things about Eden wanting to help, she knows at least an inkling about about Starfire's Starfire's whole deal. She saw the Google searches of the Night of Revel. And wanted a chance to broach the subject at least. Uh, 
but ends up typing, sure, I can pick up Cassie on the way there. Starfire text back, I'll get Lucian. Uh, and then we'll open her messages to Lucian and be like, hey, would love to hear the whole story tomorrow at the diner space question mark um lucian would because he's like just at the hanlon's house like pretty like eating dinner he'd um respond with like okay what time uh seven and then a follow-up next message sorry he just types i hate you <laughs> but i will be there and starfire takes back i'll come get you Perfect. Eventually, like Lucian, do you do you stay at the Hanlons or like do you do leave? When do you leave there? Uh, Lucian, um, I think halfway through dinner, realizes that he forgot that he has to have dinner at his house, and is like freezes, like like he holds his fork and then he just freezes, and then he's just like, uh, I'm. I'm actually uh, late for dinner. Um, I forgot that I have, um, my father's expecting me and I forgot about that. So, um, do you want me to call him? Lucian set this work down, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I do. He'll give the number to Tess. Tess calls your dad and you hear her conversation her, just her side of the conversation she's like hi is this uh mr astor okay great um yeah i i was just calling to let you know that that lucian is over at um my house this is tess hanlon of course uh, by the way and there's like a moment she's like oh yeah it's no problem it's no problem yeah no very polite young man yeah i can i'll, I'll tell him that you said okay yeah, great. Lovely to talk to you. Bye. <laughs> and she hangs up and she says, uh, your father mentioned that he wants you home around nine. And also your car is missing. He will be like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My car is missing. It's not, it's fine. Um, it's, She'll be okay. And that's what I have to hold on to. Um, I feel incredibly rude leaving in the middle of dinner. Um, I'm so sorry, but I have to, I um, have to walk back to my house and that's like definitely a 40 minute endeavor. Oh, um, we so. could, we could drive you. We could drive you for sure. It's too cold to walk. Mm, okay. Um, are you sure you're okay? Cool. Uh, then he will finish dinner and then get a ride back to his house. Yeah, Al drops you off and says, um, uh, I don't know what the deal is with your car, but, you know, if you need anyone to take a look at it, my mom and I are mechanics, so. Thank you. That's actually quite helpful. I may take you up on that. Um, bring it by the garage at school and, uh, Hey, maybe we can make a class out of it. That would be that would be wonderful. 
you know that'd be really great yeah okay cool yeah let me know um i'll send you an email about it thank you very much Mm -hmm. have a good night lucian yep she gets out of the car and goes into home house goes into house you head inside and the house is completely silent and there is a plate at the table with cold food and there is a note beside it that says your dinner bring the keys to my office when you see this uh Lucian scoops this food into the trash so it looks like he ate it but he didn't (laughs) puts the plate back down on the table and then takes keys out of his pocket and walks up to his dad's office yeah, this is like his 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 secret study that he doesn't let you in. Uh, do you knock? Yeah. Very politely. <laughs> Your father opens the door. And you can like see a little bit past him, like, you know, wooden desk, big windows that look out onto the woods. Bookshelves full of books and um, a nice rug in the center with like these two like leather armchairs facing his desk. And he opens the door and just holds out his hand. God damn it, I don't want to lose Blondie. Oh, this is so sad to me personally. Um, okay, well, he also doesn't want to die, so <laughs> put the keys in his dad's hand. Your dad puts them in his pocket and says, Let's not make a habit of being late to dinner. Yes, sir. And he shuts the door. Cool, cool, cool. Could I get a look into anything else? Could I, could I roll to gaze into the abyss to see if I see anything in the office? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Motherfucker, that was two fives I just rolled. You see a photo on his desk of a man and a woman and a child standing in front of a small house and looks like your dad is that kid and it is an unhappy photo yeah Lucian goes back to his room probably you know this is lame but fuck it he does his British lit homework (laughs) and then he will He'll, he'll open his messages with Cassie and he'll just text. Why didn't you tell me where you were last night? Cassie just texts back. We had other things to worry about. Uh, he just uh, then says, I went looking for the same thing. Send. It wasn't Luna. Send. But I guess you already know that. Send. He sends back, yeah, I know. Send. She shifted in front of me. Send. He just sends back, okay. See you at breakfast tomorrow. I hope you're okay. There's this, the the typing thing comes up uh, for a while. Like for a solid few minutes. 
yeah he just sends see you tomorrow cool he's done and then he waits and then he sneaks the fuck out and goes to the church at 4 a.m the saint saint jude's catholic church does not lock its doors they are always open to anyone who wishes to come inside um they do lock like certain rooms in the building um but like the you know sanctuary is never locked so anyone can come inside and pray whenever they'd like the lights are off though uh when you step inside lucian um but you can like you know turn them on if you want or, or like light some candles or whatever um caesar are you showing up at 4 a.m yeah he's there at 4 a.m fun fact catholic churches always have one red candle on at all like lit constantly because it means that jesus is in the tabernacle so when he walks in the church it's completely dark except for one red candle all the way at the back yeah he'll walk in go to his preferred pew which is um four back on the right side on the edge and yeah he'll just sit down in the pew probably actually start saying a rosary while waiting Caesar will walk in, see Lucian. If he's praying, he won't call out his name, but he will walk up and sit beside him. Lucian, we will stop praying, sign himself, and then turn to look at Caesar. Lucian. Caesar. You don't need to stop on my account. Uh, I didn't want to be rude. Oh, really? You? You don't want to be rude? No, I didn't, actually. Turning over a new leaf as a gentleman. Thank you. I'm honored. Do you want to know everything? Yeah. I thought I would have to push you more, but yeah. Everything sounds like a good place to start. Yeah, I'm sort of done with hiding things at this point. So, I'm a werewolf, you know that. Yeah. Not that big of a deal, as it were. So that and um, my friends and I, Cassie and Starfire have been hunting zombies in the woods. for a while now. Don't know how long Star's been doing it, but I joined last semester. Cassie turned me because I asked her to, but he didn't want to. Um, so then it was sort of an accidental thing when it finally ended up happening, which was what it was and it's why we broke up but he's doing better I think or at least trying to now and I um I'm sorry like I'm, I'm really sorry. I am an asshole. 
and I wasn't brave enough and I'm still not. I thought it was, he turns to Caesar and he looks him like very deeply in his eyes and is like, I don't like hiding either. Do you understand that? Um, I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't, I understand that you don't want to hide, but I never, you know, I never asked for you to tell people. Yeah, but you wanted me to. I did. Some level. I, you know, I'm sorry for entertaining the idea. No, we're working on a way to make it happen. Yeah, but you know, if, if the party hadn't gone to shit, I would have said yes. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have cared about the consequences for a night because for one night I could get what I wanted. Now, I don't think I could say yes. And I know it's, you know, cliche to say it's not you, it's me, but it is. It's both of us. Lucian stands up, turns to Caesar, says, come with me. Caesar stands up. Lucian walks over to the confessional booth. He opens the door. Lucian gets in on the confession side. Leaves the door for the priest open for Caesar. Caesar steps in. This is just for me because it'll make it a little bit easier. I'm gonna kill my father. I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna ask you out to prom. And those are two things that are true, no matter the obstacles that are in the way of them. The only reason I stayed hiding was because of him. And I had a plan to make him go away. And then I could make this happen. But recently, our mutual friend, Stephanie Chaplin, uh, has made that reality farther from me, but not impossible. I no longer can 
Well, let's just say she made it a lot harder. A lot harder. So, can't kill him now. But I find myself not really caring. <laughs> so, I think I've had enough with just about everything. So ask me anything, Caesar. I'll tell you the truth. Anything. How do you get brave enough to take what you actually want? Because I don't The world is not just your tragedy, Lucian. I think you've been put through so much more than anyone deserves. But if at the end of the day, your problems all disappeared, I don't, I don't know that we could find a happy ending. Because I think I'm always gonna belong to my family, whether I want to or not. And I don't, part of me hated you because you're everything I couldn't be. Sometimes I wanted to kill my father too. but I didn't. And if he was still here, I don't know that I could. To answer your question, you find the bravery because it's all you have. It's the only thing that's yours. So you hold on to it and you let it grow within you you take care of it and Caesar we are not our families we're us we're just just two boys who want to be alive and that so help me, God, that is enough. And I'm going to make it enough. Because it has to be enough. Lucian, I want to believe you. I really do. I really do. I want so badly to be able to trust you. I want to be able to trust anyone. I don't know how to. I... I want to be, I don't know, I want to be a lot of things. And one of the things I want to be is enough for you. But when you cut away every part of me, that's not just a mask or something that my family has molded. 
I think all that's left is a lot of resentment and a lot of exhaustion. I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's kindness and I, I want to give you kindness. Have I ever asked for kindness? Have I ever asked? I didn't ask for you to tell anyone about us, but you want to give it to me. I want to give you kindness. I just... Can't we help each other learn how? Just because we're bad at it now doesn't mean we can't make each other better at it later. Is there a later for us? We're about to graduate and I think I realized too late what I really wanted from you. What do you want from me, Caesar? Is it stupid? to say, I, I want to be loved. I want to be loved without conditions. I don't think I've ever had that before. And it's unfair of me to ask it of you when all we've really given each other is cruelty. I love you. And the only reason I didn't say it was before was because I didn't. Why would you let me? I. Why would you let me? I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I still think it's a mistake. Not because of you, but because. I don't want. I can't. I don't think I could survive having you and having what I wanted. And then you being driven away by me or my family. You are terrible and you're wonderful. And I, I couldn't stand to see, I couldn't stand to see the life choked out of you. I couldn't stand to see you controlled and restrained the way I think my family would force you to be. We could. We could go anywhere. We could do anything. We could... Caesar, I... I would move the world for you. So please, please, don't... Just... Just don't, we can be free together. We can, we can, we can, we can. And don't, don't throw away our, our chance just because it's, 
because it's going to be hard to do because I'll do it. My father can put me in chains. Stephanie Chaplin can put me in chains. I don't care. They can try, but I'm not. I'm not stopping. And Caesar, I, I've always wanted the, the part of you that isn't the math. I've al always have all of it. I always have. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of you. I want you as you are. If you'll allow me to, I'll love you. You don't, you don't need my permission to do anything, Lucia. If you love me, I think it's a bad decision, but I think you're used to bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good at making them. Yeah. I think Lucian stands up, gets out of the confessional box and waits for Caesar to get out. Caesar gets out. Lucian walks over to the altar, jumps up on top of it, and screams so that the whole church reverberates with his voice. Caesar Rodriguez Reyes, will you go to prom with me? Yeah, Caesar will go over to the altar and he will also jump on top and he will take Lucian's face in his hands and says, Yes, Lucian Esther, I will go with you to prom. And he will kiss him. Lucian dips that motherfucker. Lucian full swivel dips him. <laughs> yeah! <gasps> okay. We go from there. And we... What time What time does Sylvia wake up Sunday morning? They were up until like 3am. So definitely waking up probably like around noon. Okay, cool. You wake up sunday around noon and you wake up and there's um a text a couple of texts in the um track group chat there's like a big group chat for like all the kids in track so anyone in track would also be getting these there's a bunch of texts in the track group chat um specifically from um Addison Murphy, who's uh, on the track team, track like actually like the girls like track star, that says uh, the first one says Caleb had a seizure and is in the hospital, and then there's like a bunch of people saying like, is he okay? What's going on? And Addison, there's like a follow up that says um, Caleb had a seizure yesterday, is in the hospital. His mom told me that he's loose, he's awake today but he was unconscious most of yesterday. 
this is definitely gonna like wake Sylvie up a bit more and then she'll like open up the texting conversation with Stephanie last things literally like party at my house and I think she's just gonna close out of that put on like some jeans and a sweatshirt and then go out and hop on their bike to go to the hospital yeah you show up around 12 30 12 45 um so um it's like visiting hours like you go in and like ask like you know to see caleb gray and a nurse like makes you sign in uh, you see that there's like, you know, like the little vis- visitor registry. And so there's like actually a name above yours, Corey Bennett, um, doesn't, who hasn't checked out yet, but she, this like nurse starts leading you um, like down the hallway to uh, Caleb's room. When Sylvia gets there, they're going to just like look in and see if anyone's actually in the room right now. So Caleb is in a hospital bed, hooked up to an IV. His mom, or like a woman who presumably is his mom, looks like him, is in a chair, arms cro- like folded over a chest, like slumped over, like asleep. And then there's another boy sitting next to Caleb. Caleb is actually like awake right now. There's like a young black man, like 17. He's a junior, you've seen him around he's like a theater kid and has like a textbook open and like a notebook and is like working on homework on Caleb's bed but uh I think he sees you like sort of idling by the door and just sort of pretty soon after that just packs his stuff up and and starts to leave says bye to Caleb and is like I'll finish our projects don't worry about it man when he like exits the room Sylvia's gonna go in and like look at the woman sleeping and point and be like, she good? Caleb says, uh, no. She's like up all night, what, like here. But I think she's just like asleep. Okay. So you had a seizure? Something like that. Do they know? why no um i can't remember anything that happened before i was here so i don't know and they don't know but my mom is like freaked do you remember friday oh yeah i remember my girlfriend dumping me yeah I do remember that. Do you, like, remember anything specific about Stephanie? Um, you see that he is thinking, or trying to think, and he says, uh, I don't know, it's kind of hazy. I, I don't know, like, apparently this is, like, a side effect or whatever of having, like, crazy brain damage or whatever. It's, like, you lose a bunch of your memories. Um, I also, like, 
can't feel my right leg. Okay. Um, so, like, you don't remember anything else? It's definitely, like, do you remember if Stephanie looked weird? I don't know. Why? No, it's... It's fine. Um, I mean, I, I guess I did want to talk to you. Like, this sucks. Sorry it's here, but also, like, sorry for the part I played, I guess, in yours and Stephanie's relationship. Oh, don't, don't worry about it, dude. Um, I think that was kind of destined to crash and burn eventually. Yeah. But I'm sorry that that it wrecked your friendship, too. No, that was... Yeah, you know, I guess our friendship was also destined to crash and burn. So, yeah. Do you want, like, some ice chips or, like, shitty jello? No, I'm... No, I'll... I'll take a jello actually, yeah. <laughs> I like I guess I hope you do better, dude. Yeah, I mean me too. But rest in pieces to my football scholarship, I guess. Yeah, that that sucks. Oh god, fuck. We had a meet this week. I cannot run anymore. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Maybe they'll make t-shirts with my name on it. Like, get better soon, Caleb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Are you okay? Yeah. No. I'm good. Well, actually, um, have you, you, like, have lived in this town your whole life? Yeah. Have you ever heard of like a Blackwell? Um, no. Okay. Why? What's up? No, I just like, I was driving and I like saw the name Blackwell on a building and I was like, what? Is that a like new thing? <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah. Um, maybe I read it wrong or something. I was going a little fast, so I guess that could have happened. Yeah, I should actually probably go let you get some rest, you know? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I haven't been awake that long, but I'm like fucking exhausted. But hey, uh, Listen, um, I know we never, like, talked about what happened, um, and then it just kind of blew up in our faces or and whatever, but, like, uh, you seem chill, and I, I don't know, I, nothing that happened Friday is, like, your fault. That was honestly really on me. 
and I, I don't blame you for any of it. Yeah. I don't know if it's purely on you. But cool. I guess I'll see you later. Whenever you get out of here, I guess. Or maybe I'll come back. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're gonna wanna keep me in here for a while. But hopefully out soon for graduation, maybe. Yeah. No problem though. Now I don't have to even think about it. Thank God. Yes, that's true. One less thing to worry about. All right. Sylvia's gonna like stand up and just sort of be like, peace. And like awkwardly just like walk out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Sylvia's gonna take out their phone, go back to the texting conversation with Stephanie and just be like, we should talk. That feels like a good place to end. No! No! You're fucked. You're fucked. You're all sick. Of- <laughs> all of you, yeah. All of you are sick and This episode featured Catherine Rarett as the Master of Ceremonies, Percival Walter as Lucian Astor, Quinn Porzen as Eden Grace, Arcadia Reeves as Cassie Rodriguez, Casey Fleming as Starfire Miller, Karina Revilla as Cesar Rodriguez-Reyes, Victoria Nielsen as Sylvia Strisciante, and Saffron Heftigaub as Stephanie Chaplin. The Valkyrie Cycle is co-directed by Catherine Rarett and Saffron Heftigaub and produced by Casey Fleming. This season's editing team includes Catherine Rarett, Karina Revilla, Casey Fleming, Sola Heftigaub, and Saffron Heftigaub. Music for The Valkyrie Cycle was composed by Haley Adams and Quinn Borison. Art was created by Arcadia Reeves. And our social media team is run by Fabiola Liano. Additional sound effects are sourced from freesound.org and zapsplat.com under the Creative Commons Attribution License. For a full list of credits, please visit our website at midnightceremoniesmedia.com. Again, that's midnightceremoniesmedia.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to leave us a review and tell your friends, as word of mouth is one of the best ways to support the show. We appreciate all your support, and thank you so much for listening. Proud member of the Rainbow Roll Network. Rainbow Roll. Our Our stories are our voices. voices.